everyone. Welcome back and thanks for joining us here. You are in for such a treat. All right, we're just gonna dive right in. Today's topic is talking about CB's work nationally and internationally. But before we get started, let's go ahead and start in prayer. Father God, Lord, we just thank you so much um, for what you're doing um, on biblical mutuality, what is happening in the USA and in the world. And may you open our hearts and our minds um, for the conversation today and help us to learn and learn more about you. And we ask all these things in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. Today, I'm going to be interviewing and talking with Dr. Mimi Haddad, an award-winning author, adjunct associate professor of historical theology at Fuller Theological Seminary, president and CEO of CBE International. She has taught for several colleges and seminaries around the world, as well as served as a gender and theological consultant with World Relief, World Vision International, and SASA Faith Beyond Borders. Wow, you guys, it is such an honor for you to be able to visit with us today. Welcome, Dr. Haddad, to CBE Denver's podcast, Mutuality Minded. Thank you, Taylor. It's great to be here with you and Sue. Woohoo! <laughs> also joining us today is Reverend Sue Bailey with CBE Denver um, to help speak from a more local perspective on this topic as well. Reverend Sue and Dr. Haddad have been working together for over five years. Yay. Yeah, right? <laughs> Dr. Haddad joined on a panel at Denver Seminary and has been addressed, has addressed CBE Denver on seminary campuses for more than 10 years. Wow, that's crazy, crazy. Reverend Sue led a CBE International Conference on growing local chapters. Together, they admit they, they're called a CBE missions, God-given and huge gift when you consider how much energy the two of them have, which is true. They're both just oozing with energy and all of the excitement. A um, couple of other fun facts that they wanted to talk, wanted me to share too, because I mean, let's be real. We hear all the things that they're doing, but they have like things they like to do on their own, on their own too. So Reverend Sue loves horses, like Ooh. loves them. <laughs> and then Dr. Haddad loves anything outdoors, all of it, outdoor life, especially hiking, biking, skiing, and gardening. We have so much in common. <laughs> I love to do those things, too. Good. Thanks, Taylor. Hey, Mimi, you remember that uh, wonderful time we were together on Denver Seminary and we had that huge panel? Yeah. Yes, that was so much fun. You have so much energy, my friend. So I'm so excited you're here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It was a great panel. Yeah. Well, let's just get started. I have a question right off the bat. Uh, so we hear this term mutuality thrown around in regards to women in ministry all the time. So Dr. Haddad, what key areas does CBE address in advancing women's shared leadership in U.S. churches? Oh, yes. And thank you for mentioning the very definition of mutuality, which is serving through one's giftedness and not limited by gender, maleness or femaleness. Well, CBE operates under uh, a couple of key result areas. You have to stay focused when there is great work to do. So we, first of all, connect Christians uh, to resources on gender, women's equality, and demonstrate its significance. So in this way, we've been a publishing house from the very beginning, long before I became president of CBE. I'm the second president, by the way. And the first president published Priscilla papers 
in 18, sorry, 1989. So it was one of our first efforts. It, uh, much of it made its way to the pages of Christianity Today. And it's one of the most beloved resources we carry. It's award-winning. It's taken uh, first place in a number of categories with the Evangelical Press Association. It's peer-reviewed beside a diverse international team of Christian academics, covering topics related to the Bible, history, sociology, and other academic fields, demonstrating the power of women-shared leadership. It has a far reach. In fact, one of our East African partners uh, first discovered his calling to the whole realm of biblical equality for women by reading Priscilla papers in his college library in Lamuru, Kenya. That's Dominic Mizolo, who now works beside us. He has his own nonprofit, but it all started with Priscilla papers. The journal is edited by Jeff Miller and his team, and it has recently been accepted to JSTOR, which is the largest uh, academic database in the country with 12 million readers worldwide. It's a free and accessible. I read it when I was, I, I accessed content from JSTOR when I was a student. That's thick stuff. I mean, Priscilla Papers is, um, it's very academic, you know, it's, and that's what's amazing about it is just the academia that surrounds us and the good academia. Um, mm -hmm. I know for me, it was, it, and it continues to be incredibly enlightening. I have to look things up, you know, it's like, okay, what, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> it's very thick and very deep and um, it covers a lot of uh, different topics. So it's, it's an amazing publication. Thanks for saying that. It's now available on Academia where I get emails all the time from scholars reading articles and they want to hop online and have a conversation. So if you're looking for content, the journals are available for free on our website and these other sources. We also publish an award-winning blog and magazine entitled Mutuality. The goal of Mutuality is to explore the daily issues that impact egalitarians, marriage, family, dating, uh, exploring vocation and women to, in ministry and the consequences and challenges women and men face. We're also now taking a look at the intersection of race and gender uh, and working beside male allies, which has been really enriching and another frontier for us. Mutuality, uh, as I mentioned, is award-winning. It has about 150,000 hits and page views each quarter, whereas Priscilla Paper is about the same. Um, we are, um, we just recently uh, uh, have been working carefully with a, a graphic artist who's just been giving a lot of lift to all of our content. We won third uh, place at the Evangelical Press Association for Best in Class when we looked at human flourishing uh, in, through the eyes of gender equality. So that was really exciting to see. CBE is also a publishing house. We produce not only award-winning journals, but also books and book reviews on books, curriculum, and multimedia resources. Hey, Mimi, and so would you say that, sorry to interrupt, but would you say that um, um, the people that you're targeting with Priscilla Papers and where mutuality are the same or, you know, substantially different? I'm just curious. You know, it's a great question. There's a lot of overlap. Most popular readers trust us because of Priscilla Papers. They may not want to get into it knee deep, but they recognize if they have to hand something to their pastor or professor, Priscilla Papers is in their back pocket. Um, mutuality is geared more towards um, the, sort of the woman or man in the pew who may not or, uh, be interested in Greek and Hebrew and the things that we cover in Priscilla Papers, but it's good to know it's there. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I enjoy them both. I, 
You know, I know um, scholastically I tend to, you know, want to pick up Priscilla papers if I'm preparing for something or whatever. My Greek and Hebrew are a little bit rusty right now. But uh, mutuality is just so reader-friendly. Um, it truly is. And it's not lacking in, uh, you know, biblical content whatsoever. Um, it's just, uh, you know, the genre in which, you know, the writers um, are talking about these issues. It's, it's just phenomenal. So I just want to encourage people to get a hold of those. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. We, we also um, partner with institutions like Denver Seminary and Fuller Theological Seminary and Eastern University. Um, we are launching a three e-learning module on Fuller's website focused on three topics, abuse, egalitarianism 101, and Me Too and Church Too. Those are coming soon. It was interesting that Fuller Seminary did a study of the most frequently searched terms in their search bar on their website, and you will never believe it, but far and wide, women in ministry was the most frequently searched phrase above all other phrases. So they're realizing how important it is to dig deeper on these topics. Yeah, wow, that 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 is something to hit on and like hone in again. The most frequently searched thing at Fuller's, uh, Fuller Seminary's campus, wow. I mean, that's that's something to just emphasize there, for real, though. <laughs> well, I think, you know, Fuller Seminary, Mimi's been there a long time, but Fuller Seminary has a reputation for, um, you know, supporting women in ministry and being an advocate. And, uh, um, you know, I, in fact, if I'm not, if I'm correct, in order to actually um, be a professor there, you have to affirm um, that there is no distinction in giftedness with regard to gender, correct? Absolutely right. And every time I renew my contract with Fuller, they sit me down and say, we are laughing, but we need to ask you, do you support the ordination of women? <laughs> I don't know, Mimi. I think I need to ask you that question one more time. <laughs> it's really fun. It's totally fun. <clears throat> yeah, no, Fuller's, Fuller's really good at that. I mean, they're, they take seriously the call to elevate, not shame, women's calling and giftedness. And I super appreciate that. Oh, uh, new projects coming this year. We received some significant funding to do podcasts, uh, webinars, and hold your breath, Christian radio spots. Now, why Christian radio spots? Can you imagine? <laughs> why? Yeah. Wow. Why, why would we need to do that? What's that? Say that again. So why would Christian radio be uh, something that we'd like to focus on this year? Well, I don't know. I, I think about who actually has the, uh, well, first of all, everyone's home. It's COVID, right? But, but so much of what's on Christian radio, um, at least what I've heard, is much more complementarian. Um, is that, am I correct or am I off? Yeah, and I would I would assume too because of I mean everyone's having to be from home and right. it's an easy way to get access to things too. I would assume the combo. I think I'm thinking of some of the Christian radio talk shows. Oh yeah, yeah, not yeah. to name any names, but they definitely tend to slant more toward a complementarian audience with regard to family and those kind of things. Exactly. It's being, it's proving very problematic in COVID because the rates of sexual abuse and violence have escalated as people are trapped in home, at home. So having this content available, we feel is very important and funders have joined us. 
So that makes CBE's website our backbone and it receives about a million hits a year. We're hoping to see that uh, go upward as we add these new features to our website. And so Sue, I'm really, I'm really thankful for the online work, work you've been doing with the Denver chapter, you and your, the team that you work with. Um, it's just fabulous the kind of things you can access on your website. But tell me more about what's happening at the Denver uh, chapter as an example of what other chapters are likely to do or have done already. Yeah. Well, actually, um, speaking of website, um, Taylor is actually revamping ours. So pretty excited about that. It's not up yet, but um, actually it may be by the time we, um, in the next couple weeks. So that's pretty exciting. She's a pretty talented gal, um, amazing uh, woman of the faith over there. So yeah, I, you know, you mentioned that um, CB International was incorporated like in 19... I think you mentioned this, at least you mentioned Priscilla Papers came out in 1989, but y'all were incorporated, right? Somewhere around 1987 or 1988, is that right? Yeah, so that's 34 years old. I mean, I'd like to say that I, you know, wasn't born then, but ha, that's not true. Um, so yeah, the Denver chapter was one of the first chapters to uh, be established. And I believe it was launched by the founders of CB International, so feel free to jump in here. Um, I know that the chapter published the Journal of Biblical Equality, so it started out very academic. It's never been just, you know, um, an organization that hasn't taken the Word of God incredibly seriously. It was very academic. It still is. And uh, I think that that first journal was similar to uh, Priscilla Papers. Is that? Yeah. And I, and I know the leadership in the beginning, too, uh, was affiliated with Denver Seminary. And, you know, we still have numerous faculty members uh, that are on the what is our CB Denver Advisory Board. And there's such a wealth of knowledge and such a resource. Um, it's, it's great to have them involved. So <clears throat> I've just kind of launched off what was already there. <laughs> But a few years ago, we did to do some new things. Um, they used to do a lot of gatherings just around the Denver Seminary campus. But then, you know, in 2016, that's about when I um, got more involved, I should say. You know, we started some new and creative ways. COVID wasn't there, but we still had to find some new ways to engage the students on campus and, you know, to reach them and meet with them and, and also reach with the local communities. So, some of the things that we've done, um, we've had large events, and uh, we started doing these events. Of course, we haven't had them this year, but we're looking forward to doing it again, um, possibly at some churches nearby as well as on campus. Um, but we had some large events, you know, like the panel that you and I uh, discussed and then some others where we, um, we never had a debate, but we definitely had a pretty intense dialogue there with Cindy Westfall and um, some others. But we, so we've done that, and then uh, we've also had these weekly table talks, which were on campus, and I hope to start those up again as well. And those are pretty cool. They were just uh, times that, you know, the students came over lunch, and they'd sit around a table, and um, they'd just talk about topics related to mutuality, and it was a time of learning. Um, and actually, we really invited people from the community as well, but they weren't... Uh, 
we didn't necessarily say you needed to agree with us. It was just a time to talk. Yeah, Taylor. And you know, I that's actually how I found out about CBE Denver. Really? Uh-huh. As I went to one of those table talks and I got to engage in dialogue and conversation with people from all different perspectives and it was fascinating to me and it really encouraged me to get involved too. So So you found it pretty encouraging? I did, yeah. I know it's tough. I mean, it it's tough for some uh, folks to come to the table. Um, and not get triggered because it was definitely a conversation where everyone doesn't agree. So um, it's good to know that it was positive for you. And, and I think it is for most. And, and even if those who came that kind of got triggered with the conversations, which we all do sometimes, I've been working at it a long time, but still do, um, you know, they, they, it was a learning process. And they were like, okay, you know, I'm triggered here. And Maybe I need to do some healing or something before I can actually have yeah, these conversations. It's that self-awareness piece of where yeah, in the processing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, the other uh, thing we did, the other initiative was we had these meetups, or um, and we actually that's what uh, we're hoping to do uh, at the end of these podcasts, or you know, kind of back to back with a podcast, is have people be able to come to Zoom meetups, um, and uh, we did them at eateries and pubs around here and it'd be pastors and others from the community would come uh, so we're going to invite people to you know BYO and hang out on their zoom and have some good conversations hopefully um, so they can make tea and come and sit with us um, and then the other last thing that we've done um, is this last last almost three years is we've been going out to local churches so that's kind of been the initiative of Denver of uh, the Denver chapter and I know you know some of that, Mimi. I just, um, you know, I just, I think about what you do on such a, you know, in the U.S. and globally, and it just seems like what we do is almost nothing, but um, follow your lead. So just so grateful for your, uh, all the things that you do. And, it, and it's been a lot of fun to have the, um, the ability under the 501c3 and under your leadership to be creative and do fun things. And um, you're just a great liaison and uh, such a uh, gracious and insightful leader. So appreciate you. I work beside an incredible team. And so you've done amazing work in uh, reinvigorating conversations at important institutions like the Denver Seminary, but not leaving it there, but going into the community and even all the way up to Breckenridge which is just stunning to see. We call you the greater Denver CBE chapter. (laughs) So when we say the word great, of course, we're thinking about Breckenridge. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) night area, it's a nice area. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of my favorite towns. So good for you. And and really, it's great to have you talk more about this in detail so other people would get ideas and see how they can reach their community, where their community is. Not everybody wants to come to a CBE conference or can afford to attend and feels comfortable attending. And I think just your popularization of CBE's ideas is so important. I have a family member who says to me over and again, I don't wanna learn Greek, I don't wanna learn Hebrew, but I do need to know the message of CBE because I'm just barely surviving as a mom who works. Hmm. Wow, that's awesome. So good on you, as they say in Australia. Good on you. Right. Yeah. Thank you for the encouragement. Well, I know. It's fun. I know we've thrown around this somewhat already, but we've talked about these these terms: complementarian, egalitarian. Um, and I wanted to ask you, how has CBE helped in promoting egalitarian advocacy? 
Ah, yes, thank you. Well, one big thing that we do every year is to hold an international conference, except last year because of COVID. But it was a wonderful break to regroup and rethink our strategies. So we hold international conferences outside the US on odd years and on even years in the US. It's been a while since we've been to Denver, so we need to think about coming back perhaps in 2024. That'd be good. Yep, 2024, I think we need to come back to Denver. So next summer, uh, this summer, 2021, we're going to the London School of Theology where we will hold our international conference beside two key partners, the World Evangelical Alliance Women's Commission and the, um, the Church of England. So that was Wait, a logical partner. Mimi, Dr. Haddad, so why London? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely a crazy town to try to get around on, and, but wherever there's a lot of money and power, that's where complementarian theology tends to center. London, New York City, Manhattan, Sydney, Australia, those are places where patriarchy, which often resides in the hands of a few powerful men or organizations run by men, tends to favor these types of communities. And so our colleagues in London and the greater UK area have asked for um, a conference to do some more training and teaching. It also happens to be a center for humanitarian work. So the Salvation Army has been there for over 100 years, World Relief, and other important Christian NGOs. So the conference theme is men, women, and God, semicolon, theology and its impact. So we will be looking at ideas, theology, namely complementarianism or egalitarianism, and their impact on human flourishing worldwide. So we'll have academic theologians, and we'll have people in the NGO world talking about their work and its impact. Well, that sounds like a pretty good reason to have it in London then. <laughs> yeah, we were really fortunate to have the host, the London School of Theology. They've been wonderful to work with. They've been very flexible in COVID, and they have lots of place for uh, people to sleep on campus. We'll use their facilities. We have scholarships available for students and people struggling financially. And we also are offering a student paper competition as we do in all of our conferences. So three students will have a chance to read their papers and have them published in our academic journal. Oh, that's a huge deal. It is a huge yeah. deal. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I wish I would have known about that when I was in seminary. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can always, yeah. Well, you can mentor the next round of papers. How's, we'll, we'll make you a judge. How's that? We'll keep the love going. <laughs> so this conference, of course, will probably be a hybrid. So we'll live stream all the sessions. All the speakers are up on our website. Um, and it'll be available for in-person um, attendance as well, Lord willing, and COVID doesn't rise. Um, Sue talked well and thoroughly and beautifully about our chapter work. We have chapters all over the world, um, and I'll talk about that when we come to the international conversation. But the U.S. chapters, as Sue mentioned, have non, a nonprofit tax exemption through CBE because of their work in a local community. Uh, so that's been, it's been really great to work around these different chapters as they evolve and address their communities. I was going to mention that our chapter in Washington, D.C. partners with East African partners to, to do um, shared work across the, the many miles. A group of 
members from the DC chapter went to Uganda and helped uh, create pads for girls to keep them in school. And this project was so, I have so many great pictures of them working on making these pads so girls could stay in school and finish their high school education for every year a girl stays in high school, infant mortality drops. Wow. Infant mortality drops and so does mother mortality and her own personal income rises. So every year you keep a girl in school, in high school, really anywhere in the world, it's a significant wow. accomplishment. So that well, was- Well, the ripple effect from that. I mean, you just think about that, how it affects that community and that, I mean, that family, that community and it just continues so so are some of those pictures posted on your website or are those kind of a private deal no they're out there i mean some of our partnerships were really quiet about because it poses a risk to the women involved we were in we were part of a, a conversation between christians and islamic feminists and that put quite a few um women at risk so we try to, we, we're careful about what projects we can share and which ones um, are best just prayed for privately. <laughs> um, so those are projects that uh, we enter in what's called an MOU agreement where we, the, the partners in different areas of the world are able to do better in their context, which they know so well, than we could possibly dream or imagine possible on this end of the uh, planet. Too often Americans go over and sort of dictate what should happen and those projects almost always fail. So it's been great. Uh, in fact, it's one of my the highlights of my life and certainly working for CBE is to understand the world through the eyes and experiences of our international partners. That's amazing. So have you gone over, um, you're speaking specifically, you know, over in Africa, have you been there often? Yes, I have. I've been uh, we've had conferences in Rwanda, many times in Kenya, uh, uh, South Africa, and two cities. Dur well, we did a research project in Durban. Um, we had a conference in Johannesburg beside our CBE chapter in Johannesburg and in Cape Town. Ah, that's a nice place to be. Yeah, it, it certainly is. There's such great effort. Uh, in, on the ground in all of those cities. And of course, the most recent international conference we had was in Finland. <laughs> and before that in Colombia. And we're looking to go to Brazil in 2023. Wow. Can we just see, I admit just how incredible that is that around the world, people are willing to meet and have these conversations, much needed conversations, but and it's been happening for years and years and years. And I just don't know how many people know about that. Like, well, they're hearing it now. And I, I tell you, it, it just amazes me. You, you know, you said something about energy and it's like, gosh, you know, just listening again and just listening to all the things you've, God has placed you in a, you know, put you in a place to reach so many and be in contact with people, Mimi, and just like, what a call on your life. And, um, you know, I'm not... I know it's not all about you, but just just watching the way that God works through this, like Taylor said, it's just just. A well, and it often comes because people find us. We're not necessarily going out looking for the next city, but Brazil is a place with very deeply entrenched gender roles. There's enormous violence and abuse. Women obsess and perseverate around appearance and body and beauty. 
And complementarian theology has driven much of that. And so the, there's some exquisite theologians in Brazil, and they've been working with us on translation projects. And it's just got, I mean, it's all coming together in this organic way, as it always does, which you know, it's God breathing on it. Amen. You just can't, you could never do this on your own. Yeah, boy, that's the truth. <laughs> nor should we, right? <laughs> nor, nor should we, right. So moving on to sort of um, one, a very exciting project I wanted to mention as we talk about students is the Alvira Michelson Memorial Scholarship Fund. Alvira Michelson, some of you may have met and you certainly know about her through her readings, but she was one of the three founders of CBE. And we recently established a scholarship fund in her honor, and we give women pursuing ministry between five and six thousand dollars a year in scholarship funds. And it's just incredible how this has grown. People contribute to it, and the work of these women students ends up in our journals. So last year we gave three funds, three women, six thousand dollars. One is pursuing graduate work at Talbot School of Theology on the campus of Biola, Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary, my alma mater, and Fuller Seminary. So we're really, really thankful and we want to see this grow. CBE plays, um, invests in a significant amount of organizational energy into the Evangelical Theological Society. As you know, it's a society where um, membership um, for women is hovering around 6% and women of color half that. Women have never held a position on the executive committee, though we do have, as the last two weeks, the, a woman editor of their journal, Jets, which is very exciting, totally. She's um, an Old Testament professor and editor at Dallas Theological Seminary. CBE hosts annual meals for scholars. Um, I don't know, Sue, did you come to the one that we had in Denver? I think you may have been there. We you had know, I'm not, but I'm, see, this is the distinction, you know, I'm, um, I mean, I'm a pastor, so I'm not, I'm involved in academia because I hang out with academics all the time, but it's really not necessarily my sphere, and I, I guess you can, I guess I could come, but I, uh, yeah, I'm, other than just uh, hanging out with people who talk about it, um, this organization, and being there as a woman, and what that feels like, and I could mention some names, but I, yeah, I'm not going to do that right now. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's interesting to see just how women are not uh, represented there, and uh, just as you said, the leadership of ETS, the, which is where you come to read your papers, right? I mean, I don't know that our listeners know just exactly what that is, but it's huge with regard to academics. Right. They, there's about five thousand scholars involved give or take one year, it's reaching that. And, but about 15 years ago, a number of us started a study group called Evangelicals and Gender. And it was so popular that it grew to be a section of this ETS. So we have four invited papers on a topic we choose, and then four papers that come to us by submission. And so we get eight hours of engagement around gender and Christian faith. And it's just wow. been Oh gosh, it's been wonderful. And we've made super close friends with one another over the years. And so we have wanted to mention also our internship program where we pay students to do projects at CBE and they get academic credit for that. 
Uh, and every five years, CBE is involved in a strategic plan to assess aspects of our mission that might need re-examination or places where we could be stronger. And for the last two years, we've been looking at the intersection of race and gender. This is certainly a very important topic for the US and for the evangelical church. And our goal is to work very successfully in that intersection, given the, the, that patriarchy almost always is a double bind for women of color. You know, Mimi, it's interesting because I think you got involved with this. Sorry to interrupt, but you got involved with this or really started looking at race and gender and the cross intersection before, I would say, you know, all the Black Lives Matter. I mean, as that was just before, I mean, prophetically, this is something that you were looking at and wanting to address. Is that not true? It is, and it really goes back to the vision of the founders who identified Galatians 3.28 as our cornerstone verse. And they always, if you read their, the interviews we did with them before they passed away, all three of them, Gretchen Gabeline Hall, Alvira Michelson, and Katherine Crager, all three of them had a deep burden for race and gender to be at the forefront of our work, all of them. And, you know, we, we very had this great intention of working across uh, race and gender, and then we just did business as usual and lost that intentional focus. And we're recovering that now with the help of some consultants and funders who have helped us work a strategic plan on that topic. We've engrossed uh, ourselves in 15 listening sessions with people of color and CBE. We've taken the intercultural competency inventory, right? Uh, as chapter leaders and writers and board members and staff, we've processed in a very intentional way the lack of people of color in leadership and set some strategic goals. We will continue one more year of this, but it's been so exciting and so exuberantly filled with the Holy Spirit that I'm just wondering why we didn't do this 10 years ago. You know, I, I think it's amazing when I hear you talk about this because first off, you know, we know that there needs to be repentance. And what I'm hearing in your voice, what I'm hearing you share is that you know, you just, you, you had a means, you wanted to be, have this as part of what you were doing, but it just kind of got sidebarred. And, and I, and I know that it wasn't necessarily intentional, but in the focus of trying to focus and do so many things, you know, in trying to do so many things, we stay focused and sometimes we get so that we're just too focused, right? So you have to continue to focus in and then come back and look at the big picture and focus back in. And, and plus, you know, none of us can do all things. But I just want to commend you on just readjusting. Um, and also, I know your words are just kind of repentance in the sense that, all right, you know, I lost this, but God is sovereign and we're back on it and we're looking at this again. And it's incredibly important. And I hear that passion and focus in your, I've said focus five times, I think, but you know, that's where it is right now. It's it an important word to focus on. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's just, it's just, um, I, I know this is God's heart and it's, it, our souls are really in this. There is great opportunity for lament and repentance. Um, and just sometimes you just have to sit with things, right? You just have to sit with them. And, and realize, hey, you know, I allowed, I allowed myself in the work I do to be held culturally captive, to be part of the dominant culture in the U.S. instead of allowing our work to be 
captured by the gospel culture. And, and that was, that's kind of where we are. We've had some great help. The board's been working super hard on reading resources and they've been fully engaged in this effort and it's just been um, profound. So I'm excited. It's easy to get commonplace. I mean, you know, it's just easy for all of us to, you know, get comfortable. So need things to rock us. Yes, and so um, we've been measuring uh, voices of color and our speakers with our speakers and writers and how our journal works. And uh, we're looking um, for a new editor of Mutuality um, who we are hoping will be a person of color. So get the word out. Um, and I mean, I can we can talk about sort of international work if you want to do that, or would you? Yeah, actually, I'm Dr. Haddad. I'm going to stop us here because we're going to continue on this topic in our next podcast. <laughs> and but I wanted to hop on here and say, if you guys have loved what you heard today, please join us on our next podcast because we're looking forward to continuing this conversation further about what mutuality looks like internationally, uh, as well as a little bit more about what we've been learning in the U.S. Uh, so if you want more information about CB Denver or would like to engage further dialogue about these topics when we discuss it here, please check out our website. It's cbdenver.com or visit our Facebook and Instagram pages for more information. And remember, wherever you may be, driving to work, hitting the gym, cooking at home, and thanks for joining us. And remember to stay mutuality minded. Until next time. <laughs>